Drive, live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome in on a Monday morning, the first full week of April 2003, 23, I should say. We didn't go back 20 years in time. 2023, and uh, it is 6.09 on this April 3rd. 46 degrees in the capital city as we cool off a bit from what was uh, what was a beautiful day yesterday, and it's kind of, uh, kind of an every other day situation for this week between uh, really nice and a little less nice until we get to the weekend, and then it feels like things really change over at that point uh, towards more of what we had yesterday. In the capital city, beautiful weather. Uh, boy, you all ready for a crazy week? <laughs> Buckle up. Whatever it is, whatever news that you follow, uh, it's going to be crazy. Whatever it is that you're paying attention to, I feel like everything is uh, uh, is kind of on a, a tipping point of interestingness. If you want to talk... Locally, tipping point of interestingness. Yes, that's a great definition of this week. If you want to talk uh, local elections, we have those coming up tomorrow. Now, uh, you know, I don't know that there's going to be any like wild and crazy drama, I guess, associated with that. But we will knock out a few candidates who are vying for various spots. One of the mayoral candidates will be out. A couple of city council candidates in two of the districts where you have four people running uh, will be out in those. Uh, you'll have, I believe, all of the all of the school board members will advance because there's only two candidates. But I think the airport authority will lose yeah, one, one person. One person is yep. out of there. Um, they will say they, <laughs> I think I look, look. their departure time will be up, <laughs> yeah. you might say. Yes. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at my sample ballot. It's going to take me about somewhere between eight and eighteen seconds to vote this time. <laughs> yeah, you may not have. Yeah, you may not. Uh, you may not have a lot, depending on depending on what you've got going on in Mark, your district right now. Mark's going into the uh, the ballot box like it's a mad minute. You guys remember those from school? <laughs> no. You, oh, you you probably didn't have them. I, no, I it's, a, it's a rural school district thing. Uh, yeah, is it okay? Okay, uh, and maybe in in the in the mayor's race. Uh, well, like I said, one of the the three candidates will be eliminated, uh, and then I, I think maybe the uh, the the most interesting thing, sort of foreshadowing, in the general, will be uh, assuming I listen. It just it it sort of stands to reason that. Uh, the two Republican candidates might split votes within their party, and so one of those would seems likely will be the one who is out. It's not not for certain by any means, uh, but if that happens, it'll be interesting to kind of add up both of both of the Republican votes and see where they are as compared to Mary Leary and Gaylor Baird's votes to get a bit of a preview of how things are shaping up mm-hmm. early for the general election. That might be one of those there. The latest on that. On that race is that uh, the mayor is has been uh, denouncing some of the campaign materials that were put together, not by Geist campaign itself, but by Together Nebraska, which is a, a committee that supports Geist run for mayor. Uh, and one of the ads talks about this uh, much cited or much discussed, I should say, 
claim that the mayor lives in Ashland. Uh, the, I believe the the website actually claims she lives in a one point six million dollar mansion in Ashland, where she's able to escape her quote Lincoln failures. Uh, so Gaylor Baird puts out a press release on Saturday saying buying elections with CD attack ads full of lies may work in national politics, but we should reject that approach in our city to set the record straight. I've lived in my home in Lincoln's near South neighborhood for 20 years. We pay our property taxes here. All three of my children attend LPS, uh, did attend LPS. One still does. They do own a home in Ashland, uh, but they don't live there according to her and only spend select holidays and weekends at the property. So, um, she called on Geist to publicly denounce these lies, uh, her words, and uh, telling her supporters to stop perpetuating them. Um, the one, one of the reports I said did not hear back from Geist, but I believe I did see a comment where she says... Yes, Journal Star, Geist campaign responded Saturday, said it does not control the spending or message of outside groups. Okay. But didn't didn't do, you know, didn't come out and do what the mayor wanted her to do on that, which is basically denounce the claim so uh that's where we are on that one so we'll have that coming up uh if you follow national news i'm not sure if you guys have maybe have heard this or not but it's going to be an interesting week in new york city uh as a former president is going to be indicted and i feel like nobody really knows exactly what's going to go down with that whole thing 30 uh, 30 charges, something? 30 plus, 30, 30 plus charges. But the indictment, here's the interesting thing to me, at least. And, and, and I feel I feel like I can talk about some of the legal stuff now. I did a lot of reading on this over the over the weekend. Um, but I figured that Trump's attorneys would likely put out the indictment, would likely leak the indictment prior to it. It, it actually happening during the arraignment when it'll be read. Uh, but they haven't done that so far. So nobody's seen like there's n- no public reporting on the indictment yet, which is a little surprising to me. I thought there there might be. And and so it's a, a little bit hard to talk about it. And I mean, everybody's got conclusory ideas about this. But another big, you, term. you know, we don't have we just don't know what's in it yet. I think you'll have a lot better way to assess the things that everyone's uh, is is debating in terms of whether or not this is um you know something that is no pun intended trumped up for political reasons uh or if there are some things in here that you didn't expect if they've got a good case on this whole thing uh if there's more to it than just this you know was was the hush money and falsifying business documents tied with an alleged Federal campaign uh, finance law violation. Is there more to it than that? Right, let me ask you a question on that. Yeah, this is a state or a state court, correct? Uh, but how how could they prosecute a federal election? It's one of the it's one of the issues potentially. <laughs> it's one of the issues. Now it's the yeah. You're. I mean, it's that's a fair legal question and issue to bring up if that's if and, that's and what the they're F- going with. And the FEC, the Federal Election Commission, has already decided not to take this. Well, on. the uh, yeah, the well, the Department of Justice also right. could have could have gone forward with this. They did not. I mean, and, years years ago. Now, part of the reason I think they didn't take it on is because the linchpin of the theory on this whole thing at that time was Michael Cohen. Now. His if he was the 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 
you know, the soul or the biggest evidence that you've got, he's got some credibility issues as a witness. <laughs> Having been convicted of lying to Congress. Now, he also got convicted of some of this stuff with respect to what happened here. And and so that, you know, people ask the question, well, why is he taking the fall? But the person telling him not to do it is taking the fall. But he also had a bunch of, you know, personal tax things that he got yeah. convicted for. Um, in addition to lying to Congress about a Trump hotel in Russia. And um, so that's 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 part of the issue. Here's the here's the crazy thing with this whole thing. Um, you know, it, it, uh, assuming that there was a hush money payment made uh, or two of them made to women. So this information would not come out. So they didn't talk uh, about this. The one thing that would have like avoided all of the legal trouble, why didn't Trump just write a check from his personal account for this? Has anybody ever thought of that? Like he doesn't use Trump org's mon- the, the organization's money to do this and then potentially list it as something else in document. If he just writes his, there's no scrutiny on his own personal say, checking account. There's no legal implication to him saying, all right, I'm going to use my whatever it was, $250,000 in my bank account to do this. Had that been the case, there'd be nothing here. I mean, whatever impact it has on you politically to to pay off women, not to talk about an affair, but an alleged affair. uh, Well, I mean, all of this is alleged. I mean. I'm just trying to throw a little levity in. Yeah, okay, well, <laughs> I, and, I mean, there's, yeah, I, and I guess, if yeah, if you question whether or not the affair even happened, that's another thing as well, although I feel like there's a decent, plausible, decent, plausible evidence that that did happen, given some of the audio tape recordings that are out there and people who have talked about it, but, you know. <laughs> I have a deeper question about this, so good. Well, what is that? Why is there a C in silent, and it's silent in the word indictment? <laughs> uh, it probably goes back to the r- root of the word. That's something that is related to when we use the word indicate or indicia or something like that. Would be my guess. Makes no sense to have a C I, in I, indictment. I, that's my that's my guess. I don't necessarily okay. know the. Yeah. Is that a is that a legal opinion or or just a no? That's a that's a word etymology opinion. Okay, thank you. I believe so. Anyway, that's what we've that's what we got on that. Sounds like uh, now I, I kept thinking by my gosh by the end of this week, this week there are going to be people wearing t shirts with with the Trump mugshot on it. Somebody's going to make gobs of money on Trump mugshot pictures and coffee mugs and all of those things now it sounds like maybe that actually isn't going to happen at the beginning of the weekend that was the one thing that people said was going to happen either way but it sounds like there's some reporting now that that part may not actually happen he released the timeline he's leaving mar-a-lago at i think noon today today yeah going to florida but he's not expected to make a public statement until he gets back to florida tomorrow afternoon right oh and we've got some some stuff on that in the sound off today as well um could the judge put a gag order on him? Oh. And then what happens after this is all over? Man, I mean, if all this stuff weren't so concerning for our country, it would be some amazing drama. Yes, it would. <laughs> it would be, uh, yeah, it, it truly would be. 
and yeah, I think like I think a lot of things can possibly tr- be true in 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 this whole thing. Could it be charges that seem like they're you know long shots, which would indicate that this was done because of the political impact? Yeah, definitely possible. Uh, could there have been a crime committed here? Yeah, definitely possible. Uh, could it be something that helps Trump more than hurts him? Definitely possible, especially when they have no indictment that's put out here for four days and they get to fill the void with talking about it instead of actually talking about the facts of it politically. Yeah. Um, And could it hurt some of the other uh, investigations, potential indictments that are out there as well that do seem more potentially serious in nature? Yeah, that too. All all of these things could be true. Um, But again, until you really, you know, until you see the indictment for sure. It's hard to it's hard to know uh, about any of these things. So there you go. I talked about it. Had some thoughts on that. Uh, and then, uh, boy, how about a what a weekend for women's basketball? Caleb. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, more. It feels like more people talking about the women's final four than the men's final four. Yeah, other than the uh, the San Diego State buzzer beater. Yeah, uh, it, but, you but, had some drama, but, but but overall, yes, it was it was all about and. Nothing against uh, LSU's semifinal game, but it was all about what games Iowa was playing in. Yeah, Iowa against South Carolina on uh, on Friday, and then Iowa LSU in the championship yesterday. And that that's all you saw on social media. That's what you saw on TV. It was a uh, it was a big weekend for a lot of focus on on women's sports. Yeah, I I mean, I having having personalities and players and coaches that elicit emotions yes. positive or negative from fans is pretty good for a sport yes but i mean and there were a few fans a little upset with some officiating uh, yeah. yeah that's another way to get yeah, a lot of people and a talking. controversial technical foul call always <laughs> sort of helps as well holy cow that was there was a lot happening in that game but it like i said bottom line is and and, and also doing it on i tweeted about this a couple of times doing it on friday sunday um, they used to do it on Sunday and then Tuesday, I yeah. think having an actual championship on a weekend and not on a weeknight, like the men are going to do tonight mm-hmm. is a, is a really good thing for the NC for NCAA sports in general. Well, and I, I said this about the, uh, the men's, what would have been the elite eight a week ago, having those in the middle of the afternoon on Sunday was such a good decision. And then you have that women's title match yeah. in the middle of the afternoon on Sunday. It's like, okay. I am way more likely to watch that than I am the men's title game tonight. Right. Yeah. I, I we'll we'll see what kind of buzz. I mean, it's it's got to do too with the the teams that are involved and yeah. and that whole thing. But yeah, I, I'm done with Monday night championships <laughs> for every. I mean, for for men's basketball, for football, for I think what what. Baseball at least used to be on a Monday night too. Uh-huh. Sometimes get those things on a weekend. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You're right but, though. The uh, get, getting getting some emotions out there for people is something that like that's been around. Like these personalities for the these women's athletes and in these games, those have been around. That's not new. What is new is you've got a generational player with some yes. of that attitude. That especially for Nebraskans, you're like. You can absolutely hate Caitlin Clark because you're a Nebraska fan and you've seen her for three years already and you're going to see her for another year. 
But then you also see the other teams with those emotions and those attitudes uh, and the coaches. And Kim Mulkey just turning the notch up on everything to 100. Yes. So when you add all of Jeez. that, plus getting actual coverage on the games, it's not hidden on ESPN Plus or ESPNU. Yeah, yeah I thought it was a. I mean, I thought it was a big weekend for. I don't know what the TV numbers are, but I'm going to guess they're the best for a championship. The semifinals were good. Yeah. The, the final four games on Friday were really good. Speaking of the semifinals, it's about time. Uh oh. It was, speaking of wild weekend, it was a wild weekend of voting. I couldn't stop checking. I couldn't stop looking. I have no idea. Caleb does. Let's let the rest of the city find out who <laughs> will face off in so, the championship. So, so the, the question is, who went through? Who, who went, went through? through? All the way to uh, the final matchup. We're going to know in minutes. Stick around. 625. Way, uh, did you know that most Bobcats are not named Bob? <laughs> I didn't. No. Thank you, Mark. 625 on KLIN. Love KLIN? Tell us why with a voice message in the free KLIN app. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the Lil Cafe that could packed up the Chrome Grasshoppers and put them on the train engine and took him to Championship Town against Muchachos, who ends a magnificent run in this tournament by the legendary Red Rooster and a community coming together in unity and celebrating one of their local businesses. But it ends here with Muchachos. And now there were there are two. We had, by the way, this weekend great, great job by all of the uh, all of the establishments. Legendary Red Rooster, hell yeah, Muchachos, Penelope's Little Cafe, of really going after it on social media, in house. We had almost twice as many votes this weekend for Final Fork voting as we did a year ago for Final Fork voting. Wow, just going after it. It's getting bigger and bigger. It, it, we had record numbers of shares on the Facebook post. Like you said, record numbers of, of votes uh, of individuals who are uh, casting their vote at KLIN.com. And uh, you can vote now in the championship, right? Yeah, we right will, now. It's live. We are going to announce the winner tomorrow on the show. Um, I don't know. Caleb, we may. I don't know if we're going to do it at the. I, I, I'm, I don't know. I may figure something out. Do we have an open segment tomorrow? 810. 810? Let's. Let's just go ahead and decide that right now. We're gonna, it's not going to be in the sports cast. Okay. It'll be at eight ten. We tomorrow. will announce it at eight ten. I may work on some guests. We'll see. 
uh, what we were going to do. But it was a little hard because I didn't know until this moment exactly who it would be. But yeah, we let's do it. Let's do it at eight ten, and we'll announce the winner of Munch Madness uh, between Muchachos and the Penelope's Lil Cafe. Uh, the at uh, at stake here, biggest thing obviously the bragging rights. The title, mm-hmm. the ability to say I have a Munch Madness championship. Uh, you'll get the you'll get the plaque, the framed bracket for the restaurant. Muchachos already has one. They may have to make room for another one. Penelope's may get there first. Do we put the the framed if Penelope's wins? Do we put it on like some chains, kind of flavor flav style, and put it around the chrome cricket? They should decorate. Yeah, they should. They chrome should decorate those grasshopper cricket, whatever they are. <laughs> whatever but um yeah and then the other thing is we've got a we I'm, there's also a prize this year in addition yes. to just the 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 frame uh and the plaque as well our friends at nebraska prep equipment hooking up the champion with a new hoshizaki economy commercial refrigerator or two thousand dollar in-store credit and that's uh that's going to be helpful that's going to be helpful for uh muchachos or penelope's yep yep so uh, it'll, it's going to be some. It's going to be an interesting day uh, with this whole thing shaking out. Uh, the polls close at midnight, correct? Eleven fifty-nine p.m. Fifty-nine. You can only vote once today, um, and we've got our we got our filters up, making sure that people aren't going around the system and cheating. But yes, eleven fifty-nine uh, is the end of voting. Penelope's. Versus muchachos, get to klin.com now. And a big, big thank you again. Um, you mentioned Nebraska prep, prep equipment, but Lincoln Mattress and Furniture Company, University of Nebraska, uh, Federal Credit Union as well for sponsoring, making this whole thing possible, partnering alongside with us and going on another crazy run that is much madness. This is always so much fun. And then now, it, now it's bittersweet. Like, it's exciting on that last day of voting. You're going to figure out decide who is the champion but it's also kind of sad because this has been a really fun month yeah and you know it's kind of nice because you have very different places facing off against each other you got you got penelope's kind of the the i assume they're okay with me calling them the diner type feel there right um you know think of it first with with breakfast i've had that's the only thing i've had there is is breakfast. Uh, I've been to Penelope's a few times out of that. And then you've got Muchachos with uh, kind of the the New Mexico hatch chili uh, type feel that goes along with that and and uh, smoked meats and, and those sorts of things. And yeah, uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. All great, all great local businesses, all great restaurants. Uh, we hope everybody feels like a winner out of this whole thing uh, just by getting a little bit of extra love, getting some more people through the door, some more knowledge that these restaurants are here and that they're really good and that there are some really hardworking people behind them in an industry that can be one that is very demanding for for the people who are in it. But we are glad that we've got these and looking for looking for a uh, another great Great close matchup between those two. All right, let's get in to our sound off. We did, of course, touch on this a little bit here at the beginning of the show, uh, but the next, what, 48 hours plus uh, are going to be ones where it's there's going to be a lot of, a lot of drama. I mean, you can say that. 
<laughs> I don't know if it's good drama, but there's going to be a lot of drama as the president is leaving in a matter of hours to go to New York City, and tomorrow he will uh, be indicted in Manhattan. Now, Trump is set to arrive at the New York County Criminal Courthouse at 11 o'clock a.m. Several streets surrounding the courthouse are expected to be closed around 1 p.m. as the arraignment is set to begin at 2.15, and this could all be finished as soon as 2.30. The Trump campaign put out a statement that the former president will speak tomorrow night back at Mar-a-Lago. We're also learning the judge at tomorrow's arraignment may be preparing to slap the former president with a gag order. A source saying, quote, the Trump legal team now thinks that the Manhattan judge will take the unprecedented step of silencing the presidential frontrunner with an unconstitutional gag order tomorrow. Breaking the order could trigger a fine of $1,000 and a prison sentence of as much as 30 days. Oh, my gosh. If that So if that happens, if there's a gag order that the, the judge puts on here and he's got this speech scheduled at Mar-a-Lago right after this is over <laughs> and you know this will be a you know something that will be used for for fundraising and for momentum for 2024 um man i can't I, it's just so many things i just can't quite imagine with with this whole thing it it he may not now the, uh, according to a report from NBC New York uh he may not be forced to pose for a mugshot, uh, according to uh, sources that they're citing. Uh, they're saying he's going to fly into LaGuardia, stay at Trump Tower, go to downtown to lower Manhattan around 1 p.m. Tuesday, going to be taken to a courtroom on the 15th floor. No handcuffs, cuffs, no stop in a holding cell. Um, likely there to be fingerprinted uh, in there with a machine in the back of the court. But there's no equipment in the courtroom to take a mugshot, so they may not take one at all hmm. i think trump probably wants one is my guess oh yeah he he wants to play that up i would think yeah i'm going to guess he he wants one um so that may may be looked on as kind of a act of deference to the office that he held but it not that may not be one that he actually wants mm-hmm. he he may want that more than not, which, by the way, I do. I also do think it's. I mean, I think the. I think you do. I think it's reasonable to, to make uh, some adjustments for a former president when you, when you do something like this. And that's not even getting to the issue of whether or not the the prosecution is legit or not. But I I don't think that's unreasonable at all to, to for security purposes, but just for respect to of the office of the presidency as well. Um, and then that time after the indictment, how about a little bit more on that? Joe Tacopina, an attorney for former President Trump, said on ABC's This Week he hopes the scheduled arraignment is quick, with charges read and a plea going smoothly. Tacopina adds when the former president gives a scheduled speech later that evening, he's not sure what will be said. He does Trump better than anybody, and uh, he's not afraid to speak. He's not afraid to encounter confrontation. Um but again, I think that's a decision he'll make, his PR team will make. The arraignment is scheduled for 2.15 Tuesday afternoon in a Manhattan courtroom in New York City. Gernal Scott, Fox News. Absolute circus. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be a complete circus around this whole <laughs> thing. I can't stress it enough. Ah, uh, my goodness. And then if the, I mean, and then... Uh, that that doesn't even 
discuss the fact that you'll you'll finally know what this indictment says is it and is it everything that we expect is it is it a whole bunch of charges just because they did like five different charges for each check that was written is that is that what it is or is there something that they're going to have in the charging document where there's information that goes beyond what's already known or is it just going to be you know kind of these misdemeanors with the potential of upgrading to a, a felony if you tie federal campaign finance law to it and there isn't and there isn't anything more than that i mean all the ways that that could potentially go in the reaction to that as well will be it'll be something it will be something uh, all right, let's uh, let's see what else is going on here this morning. We got a new presidential candidate. Not the best time to uh, <laughs> really an interesting time. Uh, to try not to the roll best that time out. to try and break news on the Sunday talk shows, but you know uh, maybe Asa Hutchinson knows what he's doing because uh, he's the next one to throw his hat in the ring. My decision is I'm going to run for president of the United States. Former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson revealed his intent on ABC's This Week. A more formal announcement comes later this month. He said his decision comes after traveling the country for months and listening to voters. I'm convinced that people want leaders that appeal to the best of America and not simply appeal to our worst instincts. As for the indictment of former President Trump, Hutchinson says the case is a sideshow to his candidacy and believes the former president should drop out of the race. Grinnell Scott, Fox News. All right. Uh, other things that we've got going on. Did you hear this story out of, uh, I believe it was San Antonio, Texas? So a guy had, uh, guy had a truck, uh-huh. and he put an Apple AirTag uh on it or in it or affixed to it or or whatever what was that his like anti-theft device evidently and guess what happened oh no and it didn't end well for the person who had stolen it the san antonio police department saying the man who allegedly stole the truck was fatally shot last wednesday at a shopping center nearly 20 miles from where it was stolen Police say the alleged thief wasn't aware that the truck was equipped with the smart item tracker. They're deciding whether the suspect will be charged in the killing and advising people to contact the police if their car is stolen, rather than taking matters into their own hands. A spokesperson for Apple previously telling Fox News Digital that it works with law enforcement to locate air tags in criminal matters. Laura Cantor, Fox News. So he got stolen. He could so follow he, where he it was. tracks him down, gets his phone, shows where it is, tracks him down, takes his gun, and I don't know what happened at the, you know, at the right the scene of uh, the shooting, but shoots a guy and he dies after wow. this is all over. Wow. Now, uh, on, a, on a, I guess, less serious note, uh, using air tags to... The the other problem that they've got with these air tags is that people are, um, people are like affixing them to like putting them in someone's purse or somehow on a on the person or on something that the person carries and using that as a tool to essentially track people when they don't know that it's happening, and so that's been an issue too. I don't I don't have any of these things. The biggest the biggest thing I would want it for would. Definitely be remote controls. <laughs> yeah, if you could put it on remote control. We, what are, what are the I in because this was in Texas. Yeah. What are, do they have like vigilante laws? 
Yeah, I don't. I'm not totally. That seems familiar. like a state Is that it, would have that. It's. I mean, uh, you can. I mean, there are defenses for you know defense of you know grave personal bodily harm to yourself or for other people. I'm not sure what their defensive property look, law looks like in Texas and how that is uh-huh. enforced and if there's an affirmative defense there, given the actual circumstances. And again, we don't know all of them yeah. from, from when it happened. Maybe there was a fight. I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know what happened. Exactly. But that's so hard because like you were removed from the situation when the vehicle got stolen and then put yourself back into the situation by following him. Yeah. I, I, I'm, listen, I'm not. I mean... In no way am I justifying being a vigilante in this situation. But you know how violated you feel when somebody steals something from you? If it's ever happened to you, you just feel like, you're like, man, if I knew the, if I knew who did that, I mean, we just had a car broken into it at our house not not too long ago. And it is a sickening feeling. Can't imagine losing, losing the entire thing and having it gone. But if you have an air tag in it, I guess you can, uh, guess you can find it. Uh, all right, what else do we have going on? Uh, be careful, those of you who like to eat raw cookie dough. I feel like this has been something that has been warned a lot over the last 20 years, and it, it continually pops up. We've got another problem with people What's eating. What's going on? People are eating raw cookie dough, Yeah, and they're getting sick, very sick, because some of that raw cookie dough could have salmonella in it, oh, and good. that can be an issue if it isn't cooked. The Centers for Disease Control says a dozen people have been sickened in 11 states, three of them <laughs> hospitalized for salmonella after eating unbaked cookie dough. Salmonella can cause fever, chills, vomiting, and cramps. They say the actual number of people sickened could be much higher because most people recover from salmonella without treatment. The culprits may be the flour... The CDC says most flour is raw and needs to be baked to kill the germs that cause food poisoning. They also warn you should wash your hands after handling flour or uncooked dough. Jack Callahan, Fox News. They do make, by the way, yes, they do make cookie dough, like the stuff that they're putting in your ice cream and your blizzard uh, or your concrete mixer that is made for consumption prior to being cooked. Or you can buy that as well if you just want to. Just hammer it by the spoonful. <laughs> like, I, I remember growing up, we would go down to the grocery store, and there was a bag in the freezer section of just cookie dough, and just like a five-pound bag. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm not going to lie. Uncooked dough for anything? Delicious. It's phenomenal. Uh, always. You know, yeah, I, I mean, oh, basically for anything. How many times did, uh, did uh, a parent let you lick off the... Uh, when they, they use the hand mixer oh, to make like yeah, a cake, yeah, yeah. cake or something, and then like, here you go, you can lick this thing. It was delicious. It was, I survived it, too. Raw eggs, raw flour, that kind of stuff. Well, I don't know if it was raw flour in those Try, cake mixes. Trying but. to have Millie help us bake stuff, and then she just grabs a handful and throws it in her mouth. I'm sure that's worse than anything that's in this cookie yes. dough right now. <laughs> and last but not least, a museum that you do not want to be inducted into is uh is making a tour around the country. It's called the Museum 
of failure. Uh-oh. Do you remember the Google Glass? Google's attempt at smart glasses? How about Pringles with Alestra? Those fat-free chips that had an unfortunate side effect. <laughs> Just some of the items the Museum of Failure has been highlighting with pop-up exhibits around the world. You can now check out the museum in Brooklyn, New York through May. The psychologist who came up with the idea five years ago says it's to show that we need to accept failure if we want progress and innovation. So remember, if you don't succeed Try, try again, or at least be comforted that your idea could end up in a museum somewhere. Shana Stulen, Fox News. All right, there you go. Uh, all kinds of, uh, all kinds. You can go to the website and see the different things that they feature there on the Museum of Failure. All right, 656, take a break. And uh, back after this, you listen to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. When Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 712 on this April 3rd, 2023, 47 degrees in the capital city. Not quite, not quite the nice day that we had yesterday, but hey, you know, 57, a little sun mixed in there. Not too bad. A little bit windier. Probably going to see 80 tomorrow, though. It had to be close yesterday. It was uh, it was very nice. Uh, it was gorgeous. Very nice. Not not real windy. Loved it. Got to, I worked outside yesterday. Man, I burned. It was mulch day at my house yeah. yesterday. It was always a big day in April, early April, when it's mulch day. So loading up, trying to figure out how to get 40 bags of mulch into my car. With the uh, employees at the uh, at the hardware store, uh, d- d- driving them, back, having them spill everywhere in the car. These are all rites of passage for spring for me. And now I've got I got mulch everywhere in my car because some of the bags rip. Uh, but I looked down at my I looked down at my watch after the day was over yesterday, and it said I had burned like forty four hundred calories yesterday. <laughs> and I was like, man, if every day were mulch day. I would be a physical specimen. Was, you have leg day. I have mulch day. Just mulch day. Yeah, that's not bad. M- we uh, we we figured out that it used to be Millie would get scared if I threw her up on my shoulders. Now she absolutely loves it. Yeah. And I've realized after walking around yesterday, I need to work out a little bit more to be in carry Millie on my shoulder shape. Yeah. I remember doing that in the end of it. My neck was like, oh, man. <laughs> need a trip to the chiropractor after <laughs> after that thing. But it was uh, fun. We got out. We we, we walked uh, around the apartment complex a couple of times. We went to a couple different parks. We hit up Holmes Lake at one point nice. yesterday. It but was, that was packed. It was. But, man, it was fun to just get out because, like, 
you haven't been able to do that for an extended amount of time right. in a, in months. Right. So to be able to just go, all right, in the morning we're going to go do this. So after lunch, before nap, we'll do this. After after nap, guess what? We're going to go do this. Right. Yeah, as my uh, former colleague Jeff Sheldon said on Twitter yesterday, he said, uh, it's like you can't, you can either, you can have two of the three, nice temperature, sun, and wind, and no wind, or very little wind, but you can't have all three. Uh, it feels like we, we did get all three yesterday, and we got sev- a lot of days with that uh, in the extended forecast, so that is good. If you missed it earlier, Caleb made it official. The championship for Munch Madness is set, uh, and it is going to be Muchachos, after knocking off Legendary Red Rooster, and Penelope's Lil Cafe, after knocking off hell yeah uh caleb you i i know i've got so it's kind of a little inside baseball here caleb maria kenny the other people who work on the back end of this thing they they don't let me know because we want to get my reaction live on the air but all i knew in in seeing them at mother of all garage sales this weekend and being on text line we have to be really chains, cryptic when we include you on the just be very texts. cryptic and random tweets <laughs> but just so i mean how crazy was was the voting this weekend in munch madness now you can tell me all the things that you were sort of alluding to throughout the course of this week it was really back and forth on the uh first on the the legendary red rooster muchachos one that just stayed close for a really long time um i think red rooster held a slight lead early on saturday and then muchachos just kind of extended that um ultimately won uh 54 46 by percentage but it just stayed like always within striking distance Mm -hmm. to where i'm going to bed at nine o'clock yesterday checking it going man it's not unreasonable based on the number of votes that something could happen in the final hours uh, mm-hmm. ultimately it didn't and muchachos goes on penelope's hell yeah was it was one of those games where if you looked at like the the espn and it's a score tracker and they are just sitting there just circling each other the whole time because we were watching i'd go okay hell yeah is up by like 40 votes or something and then I would check two hours later, and Penelope's up, too. And I'm like, what the heck happened? Right. And you go through, and it was just back and forth. It was that all weekend. Maria and I kept just texting each other, hey, did you see this? This is where the score's at. It was a three-day game to watch. And, like, this really long, extended, drawn-out. It was, like, early computer games, very text-based. and But it was so exciting to watch going back and forth, and you would see it. You would see one of the places do a social media post, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, let's see what that what happens over the next hour from that, and boom, they get a boost. Right. It's like, what in the world is happening here? So yeah, it's almost twice as many total votes as last year, um, significantly more individual voters compared to last year. Because remember, you could vote, um, you could have voted three times for each restaurant uh, over the course of the three days. So you go through, and it's like. Really, really wonderful job, first of all, by Maria and Kenny for the social media posts from here at Broadcast House, but all the restaurants getting involved, all of the people who love those restaurants getting involved on social media, and just the the amount of people that are talking about these restaurants, obviously this bracket as a whole, but these restaurants in the Final Fork, Ultimately, that that's what we're doing here is trying to get people talking about these restaurants. We had people sharing pictures about going to places that weren't even in the Final Fork. Yeah, over over this weekend. Yep, 
Yeah, we continued continued to get those, and hopefully those continue uh, even past much madness. But man, it it was a lot of fun to get up on uh, yesterday morning and go, all right, where are they at? And then check about noon, and then check before bed, and go, okay, I think this is where things are. Um, and you end up with the Muchachos Penelope's Championship. Yep. Uh, so. Penelope's, yeah, they, and, and just so people, in case, I mean, I think everybody knows by now um, about these places, but if you're if you're not familiar, Penelope's Little Cafe is there on 48th and Pioneers, roughly, that's not their actual address, right. but it's 48th and, and Pioneers intersection, uh, it would be on the northwest uh, kind of corner there, we always refer to the Chrome Grasshoppers, because <laughs> One of the previous restaurants that was, I don't know what the origin story of those, they, I'll have to ask if I talk to the folks at uh, Penelope's. I think it was, didn't that used to be a Mexican restaurant? And I don't know if they were part of the part of the deal that came along with the building. That building was a few things. You guys might have to help me on this. I, I believe it was a Mexican restaurant. And then wasn't it a, a barbecue place before that? I want to say that was the iteration of, of that building. And, and I don't even know what year it was but yeah they're they're there uh their description is uh offers homemade food choices at a reasonable price traditional american style cuisine made from scratch breakfast dishes vegetarian options full service bar um and so yeah they say uh, perfect for an afternoon of studying family gathering or a romantic dinner for two uh there so that's penelope's little cafe and then muchachos in in Lincoln, um, as boy, what, uh, Nick will have to help me on this. Has it been like four years or so? I think that they've been around. Did they open up while you were back here, or had they been around when you got here? I can't remember. I know the brick and mortar was right before uh, 2021's edition. All right, of Munch Madness. All right, um, and that is um, a New Mexican flavors is what it's what it's based on. Um, Nick, who, who founded it, uh, kind of watched his grandparents, um, do these new, you know, that's big hatch chili is involved in that in in New Mexico and then smoking barbecue and put, make it it basically made kind of a New Mexican barbecue fusion. Um, and that's what, what that is. So it's, uh, that's a cool deal too. And they are in downtown Lincoln, uh, is where, where you'll find them. Uh, I want to get the exact, uh, here it is, 4, 416 South 11th Street, uh, if you want to check them out. By the way, they're closed on Mondays. So, I know, I know. Uh, so they're closed on Monday to give them their, their staff some some time off, which I completely get that. But don't try and go there today because you won't be able to get it. Hey, I have heard Nick has a great time. He'll be in there working sometimes, see people come up to the door. And you could like you could visually see people look at the sign and see the hours and still try the door. <laughs> right, right. Now I wonder what a uh, what would a fusion between these two restaurants look like Ooh. between American. I, I want to say diner fare. I don't know. I don't want to put words in their mouth if that's what like made from scratch diner fare versus not versus but combined with the sort of New Mexican barbecue and and they are i mean nick does breakfast burritos already right at muchachos but how could you combine the two of them i know one of the other things that they do is uh like that uh penelope says is funnel cake french toast hmm 
do something with a French toast. I, I, I don't know. I don't know, but I'm very. I I want to know what a combination would look like if you did it between these two restaurants. So very cool. Do we have, we don't haven't got a message yet from Penelope's. No, we? no, we, do, we don't have yet. a voice message. Okay, yet. I want to check not, this not out. Not yet. <laughs> Sent a voice message last time around. But big a big shout out though to the two restaurants that um, that we lose in the bracket. Today it was uh, very fun with Soresco and Legendary Red Rooster, and I know a lot of people from Lincoln got up that way and tried the place out. I yeah. know because I saw the pictures of of people who went there and talked to me about going there as well. And Haya has been—they've been a juggernaut in the tournament. They just can't quite get over the edge to get that back-to-back to final four championship. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was it was exciting to see those, and for for those two that are out, Red Rooster, hell yeah, and then the two going today, Muchachos and Penelope's. If you're voting today, is your last chance to be entered for a fifty dollar gift card to any of those four. That's so if right. you if you have voted at all over the course of this last month, all the way back to the first round where we were in the Northwest region, opening up with Laszlo's and Fleetwood. Remember how long ago wow. that was? If you go all Seems the way back like to that, ago. if you voted at all, you have been entered for $50 gift cards to one of the Final Fork contestants. So when we announce tomorrow who the champion is, we will also know in hand who are four winners of $50 gift cards, one to Legendary Red Rooster, one to Hell Yeah, one to Muchachos, and one to Penelope's Little Cafe. You know what this getting so much bigger means, Caleb, with with more votes, with everything getting bigger around Munch Madness every year? No, no, I'm not doing. <laughs> no, it may mean that I'm able to get the budget outlay from our bosses here to hire a videographer and to hire a songwriter, and we finally make the song "One Dining Moment." One dining moment with highlights from people eating at all of these places. I want. Yes, we need the one dining moment. We also need our Munch Madness version of Triple D at the That's Munch Madness too. restaurants. That's true. I gotta work on the lyrics. I mean, I've got a working. <laughs> the fork will lift. <laughs> Your dream come true. It's too much. <laughs> Inside you knew that one dining moment. <laughs> you took a big bite. One shining, one dining moment. It's more than a fight. I don't know. I'm workshopping uh, yeah, it. We'll, we'll get it. All right, 724. <laughs> We've got to check your sports coming up next on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to your inbox every afternoon. Just sign up for the daily for free at KLIN.com. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. Oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. 
and all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Let's count them down. Starting with number five. Mayor Larry and Gaylor Baird's Ashland home, lakefront home there, has now become part of the mayoral race. It was brought up over the weekend when the mayor uh, issued a news release calling on State Senator Suzanne Geis to uh, denounce uh, a flyer that was mailed out and some ads that says she lives in Ashland and not in Lincoln. Uh, Senator Geis responded to the Journal Star, at least, saying that the Geis campaign doesn't control outside messages so it's coming from another group right and said that i mean the the statement said um the mayor's trying to create a story out of something to distract from her from her record essentially uh and then citing not supporting police violent crime uh city budget uh for for this whole thing and so here we are the thing the thing that i couldn't get over uh, in the Lincoln Journal store story story about this, so apparently uh, the the Gaylor Baird release on this actually had a comment by the neighbors who live next door, and we're saying, well, we li- we see him leaving work every morning, coming home every evening, so they're there all the time. But the thing that was uh, the thing that was crazy to me is the mayor apparently said that people have stopped by her house to see if she lives there. And uh, uh, according to the Journal Star story on Thursday, someone rang their doorbell, uh, husband opens the door, and he wanted to see how lived in the house looked. <laughs> I, I, so it's... Wow. <laughs> so, and... Uh, or, or apparently the husband opened the door to show him how lived in the house looked. At this okay, point, I'm yeah. not sure what the man asked for. <laughs> apparently... <laughs> Come to my house. I'll show you how lived in it looks. There's crap everywhere. You want to see lived in? I got kids in the, and a dog in this house. Gee, come, hey, come here. Come see the sink full of dishes right here. <laughs> like, look, come look at my kids' room. What do you think about that? That looked lived in enough for you? It's an absolute disaster. If somebody came to our house, Lisa would take them immediately to my yeah. office and Where? say, what do you think? Where is the first person, where first place you would go in your house to prove to someone that it has been very lived in? My office, Mark's office. <laughs> yeah, Mark's office. I can't. I can't quite decide. There, there could be many places. Probably my daughter's room. In my your daughter's room. Okay. Uh, we we try to keep the the living rooms pretty well taken care of. It's it's either my daughter's room or the kitchen. Right. But then you know there might be someone who has a keen eye and they'll be looking around. Is that a is that a newspaper that has a date of 2006 on it? Has that that's just been sitting on the counter this whole time while you live in another house? I don't know. Um, but anyway, it does uh, bring up the uh, other point that the primary election is tomorrow. Yes, and as of Friday midday, only about half of the about 34,000 early ballots that were mailed out have been returned. So, Oh, really? Yeah, so... Uh, early ballots can be returned uh, up until 8 p.m. tomorrow night. That's when polls close. You can drop them in the uh, box there at the election commissioner's office right over by the DMV on North 46. But if you're not in by, and obviously it's too late to mail them back. Yeah. So you're, you're going to have to hand deliver them. Uh, so in the mayor's race, one of the three candidates will be eliminated during this round of voting. you got a couple of city council districts where you're going to lose two. Otherwise, all of them have only two in them. And so it's just kind of like a 
practice election for them. Same with school board is, I believe, all of the uh, all of the races that are out there only have two people in them. So it's it's a spring training game, so to speak, for those. And then one of the airport authority spots. Uh, there's five uh, running for two seats, so they'll narrow that down to four. So one of them will be gone as well. Three key areas in this uh, race for mayor: economic development, streets. <laughs> And uh, public safety. Those yeah. are three primary uh, key areas. Aaron Sandiford, Nebraska Examiner, uh, interviewed all three candidates. Uh, they posted uh, early this morning a very lengthy story about where the three uh, candidates stand on those three key issues. So It'll be interesting to see how much voter turnout changes between the primary and the general. Um, because, l- like you were mentioning, some of these, you know, some of these places, there's no... Outside of the mayor's race, there's nothing in your district right. where anybody's going to be eliminated at this point. And so I think you'll probably make some conclusions when you like add up the votes, especially in the mayor's race, to see who's ahead. But it's really hard to tell who didn't vote this time that will vote next time around in the general election a month or so from now. The other interesting uh, aspect of this is that, you know, Stan Parker and Suzanne Geis, the two Republicans running, even though it's a nonpartisan election, they they've got a chance to split that Republican vote, uh, right? Well, Sand- they probably will. Yeah. Sandiford uh, article uh, discusses that a little bit. Uh, uh, the Trump faction that kind of took over the state GOP party, uh, backing Parker pretty well. Yeah. So we'll have to see how this uh, comes together um, if one of them are eliminated. Yeah. It it'll be fascinating just to see what the numbers are, and then, like I said, see what their vote total is combined versus what uh, the incumbent Larry and Gaylor Baird gets. So that'll be tomorrow. Don't forget to vote. Number four. The 27-year-old Lincoln woman accused of killing two men with her vehicle at the Lodge apartment complex a week ago will go undergo a mental competency evaluation. A Lancaster judge ordered that evaluation for Taylor Bradley. It's supposed to take place today. Okay. Now, I mean, not surprising after, I guess, what we saw during... The arraignment on this right and assistant chief brian jackson when after the news conference he said it uh, appears that she was in the middle of a mental health crisis when this took place the maintenance employees were targets but they had done nothing uh, to precipitate it interesting uh interesting isn't the word it's it's terrible but uh so that that adjudication will go on and we'll see what exactly that means for the the criminal trial is there one what goes forward next with this and meanwhile you've got again two families that are grieving right now because of a a terrible unnecessary situation number three former president trump uh, scheduled to arrive at the center street courthouse in new york city tomorrow morning he'll be processed uh, part of his arraignment uh, expected to plead not guilty does that surprise anybody well, uh, not now, not at this point, no. Yeah, of uh, course but he's expected to plead not guilty to the alleged hush money payments made on his behalf uh, back in 2016. So, but the next question: What about the mugshot? What's going to happen with it? Again, if you're Trump, you definitely want it. I, at first, you 100 percent want it. At first, everyone was like, "Oh man, this is just going to." It's kind of an embarrassing thing to be. I, they're not going to put him in cuffs. It doesn't sound like, or, or any of these things. Which is, I, I, I think the Secret Service would have a little problem with putting him well, in cuffs. Well, I don't think they really do. They they bring in out of state defendants in white collar crime. They don't do a lot of this stuff anyway. Although I think the mug shots they still normally do. But it sounds like and fingerprint. The, 
in the fingerprint, that I understand is from from the reporting on this is going to happen just in the back of the courtroom that they're in. But they're trying to minimize all of the places this is happening. And if they're not going to go into another room, they may not have a room where they take a mugshot. So it may not actually happen from what the, from some of the local reporting that's coming out of this. But like Caleb was saying, I mean, that's going to become you. You've seen the mugshots, like people have the the mugshots of of Frank Sinatra or uh-huh. like Johnny Cash or whatever famous mugshots that are kind of celebrated after the fact. If if that does happen. You're going to see somebody in Lincoln wearing a T-shirt with it by the time this week's over. I'm going to guess. Oh, and you know Trump's going to make the money on it. Well, you're 100. Well, yeah. You're going to see a Trump rally where it's got a, a, a Trump mugshot on it. It'll yeah. say LGB underneath it. Okay. Oh my gosh. Now here, but <laughs> like, you know that's what they're going to do. <laughs> uh, now he's planning to then fly right back to. So he's going out to New York today. He's going to fly right back tomorrow. Yeah, he's got a place to stay in New York. It's called Trump yeah, Tower. Familiar. So he's going to fly back. Never to, heard of it. Fly back to Mar-a-Lago tomorrow, and then they're having a speech or a ra- or whatever an event at Mar-a-Lago that night where he makes comments. But there's also reporting saying the judge may put a gag order on him on uh, during the during the indictment tomorrow. So he couldn't talk about the case, but he could talk about a rally. Yeah, he could talk about a. Pl- I mean, what can he say? What can't he say? Because you know he is going to want to talk about all of all of this the whole time. And then, outside of all the circus part of this whole thing, there is an actual indictment here. And what does that look like? Are there things that are going to surprise people about what the prosecutor has, or is it going to look like? Oh, so they're really just going for these misdemeanors and trying to bump them up to felonies with a federal charge about campaign finance, which is, is I think, going to be a tough case. But is there a chance they, they could order the indictment remain sealed, or does it become public? No, he's got a. I mean, he's in, in open court. They've got to. They've got to tell him what it is. I I, I believe they have to do that uh, during the arraignment. So I mean, at some point, it's got to be. Yeah, the the, the charges. The crimes he's being charged with have to be disclosed publicly to him. Right, but so, if, okay, yeah, I think yeah, I I don't I think the answer is we are going to know what they are. Okay, that, I I thought we would know by by now because I thought his lawyers would have it and put it out there. One of the lawyers yesterday on one of the Sunday shows said they still haven't seen it. Did they? Okay, well then I guess that would explain why that happened. I figured that they had seen it, and it sounds like there might be some infighting between his lawyers too, and that's a that's a whole different deal. Um, it's going to be a crazy scene. I mean, and hope you know the the minute the minute he's he leaves the courthouse. Don't you know there's going to be a fundraising email and and tweets that go 100%. out. Hundred percent. Yeah. One. I mean, uh, absolutely. Have you ever sent money absolutely. to a politician? I don't think so. I, I know that doesn't really surprise anyone, given my general thought about the state of politics in our country. And no, I don't think I have. I bet you have. I no, haven't, but no I've worked comment. on a campaign. No, no comment. No comment. You've worked on a campaign? I haven't even done that. I have to. I haven't even done that. I spend all my time. We lost. Don't, you don't want me working I'm, on your campaign. I'm, un- <laughs> I'm unfortunately infected with the disease of finding the things wrong with all of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. Some big news this morning in the sports business world. WWE and the company that runs the Ultimate Fighting Championship, they're going to combine, creating wow. a $21.4 billion sports 
Entertainment Holy Company. Holy cow. Think Johnny, Johnny will have anything to say about this? Yeah. Johnny yeah stick Cadillac. around for Drive Time Lincoln. Johnny Cadillac. Holy cow. It all so that Vince McMahon had come back to the, the company who had, who had left. He's a majority shareholder for WWE. He comes back. And they were talking about that it could be up for sale at this point. And so he's going to stay on uh, with WWE. And, you know, there was talk that maybe Amazon, Disney, Fox would would come and buy it. But UFC buys it. Wow. I'm just, it's, it's pretty incredible that they were able to get in there in the bidding war with, uh, I mean, because this is a valuable... I mean, just look at all the people who were talking about WrestleMania last night. Oh, jeez. That was an all-day thing. Yeah. I, I mean, I, was, I didn't follow it because it's not 1988 anymore, but... and, and Every, Everyone on Twitter told me about it. I Jimmy didn't have Superfly, to follow it. Jimmy Snuka and Dusty Rhodes are no longer there, but yeah, it, it, it's a... This is also interesting that the UFC is doing this because I haven't heard as much about the UFC over the last couple of years besides the people that I know that really follow it. It seems like eight years ago, ten years ago, I was hearing a bunch about mixed martial arts. Yeah, it got, it really got fired up. And I think that kind of goes along with personalities who are, I mean, Conor McGregor was a part of it. Oh, yeah, a couple years ago with him and Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Are they going to do, like, events that feature both? Ooh. Like, go back and forth between the wrestlers and the, the fighters? Uh-huh. And here's our main card. Anyway, since you guys are here, steel cage match. Right, exactly. Uh, anyway, big news. Big news in the sports business world there. Number one. Lunch Madness finale set. Uh, voting now. I Underway. Yeah, big right time. now. Muchachos versus Penelope's Little Cafe. Ooh. Results, 810 segment tomorrow morning. I, uh, by the way, we've heard from Penelope's, right? Yes. Yeah, let's, yeah. Uh, let's hear what Penelope's had to say. Good morning. This is Brenda from Penelope's, and we are ecstatic to be in the final two. Thank you, KLIN and Lincoln. All right, there you go. It's Brenda from Penelope's. I wrote the first and, verse of and one. Nick, Nick's been sharing this thing all yep. over the place. Yep. Uh, well, um, hopefully I'll talk to both of them a little bit later today and see if we can set something up for tomorrow. I did finish the first verse of One Dining Moment, <laughs> oh, too. <laughs> Maybe, hopefully, if all goes well, we'll be debuting that tomorrow as well. I don't know. In terms of who you got, my predictions for this thing have been generally generally falling apart late in this whole thing. I did still have aisles going all the way. You know, Muchachos has proven it through the entire way. That's the only, I mean, that's the one bit of analysis that I can give you on this thing, but... And took out the legendary Red Rooster. Where Penelope's took out... Oh, yeah. Man, I'm going to pronounce that different every time, aren't I? <laughs> no. It's, oh, it's, yeah. Hell, yeah. It's Penelope's. Just <laughs> yeah. That one I got. <laughs> that one I got. I don't know. I think, I think we might have... We're either going to get our first two-time champion in the modern era... Or three different ones in the three years that we've done this. Which I guess is always this. I, I, I took Muchachos at the beginning. I think yeah, I have to stick with them, but man, Penelope's has been so strong over the last they, couple of rounds. I don't know. I think they you, might just, do it. I think the little, little just, cafe that could. Just to see those two dynamic individuals, uh, you know, in two local, uh, you know, just really great places to that's be right true. here. That's, that's exactly Nick right. Nick and Brenda duking it out. 
you know, this is our ver- version of UFC WWE. <laughs> I was going to say, I know, I know, we want to combine the the, the fusion of restaurants, natured. but let's combine two and one with WWE, UFC, Nick and Brenda. <laughs> I just want to know if Penelope's wins. Are they going to decorate the chrome grasshoppers? Put like party hats on them or something. Bottles of champagne in their little <laughs> tentacle arms or whatever they are. Jeez. <laughs> Seven fifty six. Uh, everybody knows as grasshoppers have tentacles. Six seven fifty six on KLIN. When you're don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March thirty first to get a hundred dollars back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting one hundred dollars back and one hundred percent accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499 KLIN. I start walking your way. You start walking mine. We meet in the middle. Meet that old Georgia Well, welcome back, LNK Today with Jack and Friends, and you know what the music means. Tim Arusa here joining us to uh, talk about what's been quite a legislative session. Yeah. Quite a busy time in local news and politics, latter especially, and hopefully be able to make sense of everything that is going on there at the state capitol, and whether anything else will actually happen there. During the rest of the next whatever it is, month and a half, whatever that it might be, um, more a little more than that, a little bit more than that. So okay. yeah, it's a uh, it's a long session this year. So we're going to June, and it looks like we're going to use every single day. So. Yeah. Um, where to even start with this right now? Um, re- realistically, how much can get done? going forward given now kind of what we know about uh some of the strategies that are being employed to slow things down today is day 55 the legislature will gavel in here at 9 a.m and they have a whopping two bills on the agenda for the day um they will spend all day on one of those <laughs> um, I, they're, they're they're going late nights from here on out um and I think there's there's a lot of talk, a lot of rumor that they're going to extend those late nights right now that have been, you know, I guess last week was the first week, uh, journeying a little around nine or after. It sounds like we might be looking at closer to 11 uh, most nights um, of the week. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, awesome's one word for it. Uh, <laughs> but with with um, 35 days left after today, the speaker got up and gave a speech early last week, kind of during the rules debate, um, the the 
suspension of the rules, temporary rule change, um, and kind of explained the map that he has for the session had somewhere around 350 hours. I don't remember the exact number, but around 350 hours of floor time. That meant, based on the filibuster structure that we have, that something like 21 bills were going to get passed. Um, with all with all that going on, you also got to get a budget in there, and the budget has to get done. I mean, there's filibuster rules on the budget, but we got billions of dollars, and it's kind of unclear where that's all going to go. I there's a lot of talk um, around the legislature that hey, this might be the first time you see serious efforts to amend a budget. That can always change some things. So depending on what the appropriations committee comes up with, and they've still got a couple of weeks before they've got to put out their proposal, we're looking at. You know, no more than two dozen bills, Jack. Um, and, and some of those will have multiple pieces to them. So they'll have multiple bills amended into bills. But 21, 22 bills or so is, is what we've got time so for. So the budget's probably getting done. Biggest things are getting done. But aren't there going to be like, like, is there a chance, for instance, like the, the heartbeat bill or the abortion bill that that doesn't ever get heard? Or is that one of them? Like, I didn't hear that one listed when when the speaker was listing the things that they will get to. <clears throat> That's a fair point. Um, I think a lot of us who watch it closely have been, you know, it, it, it's just really hard because the target has has sort of moved, right? Um, as we've kind of worked through what this means, I think a lot of us were, you know, this isn't that alarming. It's, you know, the nature of the legislature. Things are slow. They'll, you know, they'll object to certain things. There'll be filibusters. It'll, it'll be a slog. And then, you know, after at some point things will turn and people will realize, Hey, we got to get stuff done. And then there's kind of this waterfall or I call it, I call it like setting up dominoes. That's the analogy I've used with multiple people you know, up until, <laughs> up until now, uh, is you kind of set up, you spend the first part of the session setting up the dominoes at some point, Someone pushes it and it comes falling down and you just have this this flow of things that kind of gets back together. We are hung up over the transgender treatment bill. Um, there's a proposed amendment out there that I think settles at least the numbers count on the votes. Um, because in a way that sounded that, that unsure. It, but it sounded unsure on that before that amendment. Now. It's yeah, looking the, like the real question the votes is are going to be there procedurally how you get that amendment up. And I'm, I'm not sure that they've got that solved yet or have a clear pathway to know what to do there. But regardless, if that bill passes or fails, then the question is, we've got some other hot topics out there. There's another transgender bill that affects high schools and bathroom oh. use. Um, that is a prioritized bill that's out there. It doesn't deal with the treatment for minors that has kind of drawn the right. the national um I guess attention, uh, and then yeah, the abortion ban, which which was kind of the heart of the legislature last year, um, but the heartbeat bill on abortion this year, I expected that to be sort of the lightning rod, and I haven't heard much about it. So <laughs> yeah, can I, you, yeah, can you believe that? We I would be very shocked in a pro life legislature if we don't schedule that for debate. And so maybe you get through transgender, maybe even transgender dies. The the bill that has hung things up, maybe that bill dies after second round debate. Then we move on to still hard stuff, right? Um, voter ID is still out there. Like, do you do you burn it all down, right? To use the the language, do you burn it all down to stop that? I don't know. I I don't know. Uh, voter ID, school funding, obviously as well. The I mean, massive bills on that. School funding and tax cuts this year they've been large topics, but like I will say one thing, like. 
from being inside, this administration has done a heck of a, a tough job, has done the hard work of sitting down with school districts and working through issues and kind of putting pencil to paper and making, being open to amendments and different versions of bills. There's always like the legislature always has its say, right? So you've got, if some disagreement and some tug of war over some minor pieces, for the most part, I think, you know, schools have concerns about them, but they seem to be, they seem to be moved. They are definitely not the talking point this year. We're not talking property taxes right. in well, depth like we are every well, year. Like you, yeah. um, and part of that is because there's a lot of school districts that are like, hey, the plan as a whole, as long as it goes together, can work, or it seems like like it's possible that it could work. Just going back to what you mentioned earlier, though, if you would have told me the day that o- Roe versus Wade was was overturned, that in April of 2023 there still hasn't been action taken in Nebraska, and it's not really even in the limelight at this point, I would have never believed that. I mean, I assume there would be a special session immediately changing that. That didn't happen. It had, there's, there's, I mean, it seems like some of the supporters of the bill don't know if they want to stick with the original bill or not on that. And now we're talking about whether it even gets to the floor because of circumstances right now. To your point, it's hard. It's kind of hard to know where that thing stands in terms of the vote breakdown. Six weeks um, is pretty aggressive, but a lot, you know, the bill is different from the bill that was debated last year. It has, it takes out the criminal stuff and it talks about how you regulate doctors and their licenses rather than kind of dealing with felony type stuff um, and pun and criminal punishment. And I, I think that's much more palatable for the broad swath of the legislature. Then the question is, well, is the six weeks the right number? Um, that's the same discussion we kind of had mm-hmm. last fall is what's the number? Is it 12 weeks? Is it 10? Is it, you know, 16? Is it currently we have a 20 um, week ban here in Nebraska, which is even shorter than what, what Roe allowed. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, I I don't know when that's going to get scheduled. I I suspect it is on the short list of bills, right, that um, are going to get attention. I, a pro-life legislature like we have, as many Republicans as we have, and as strong as the the discussion has been on that, I'd be very shocked if we don't do something, or at least at least give it a chance um, on the floor. We've got to talk about the elections coming up tomorrow, city elections. You, you know, is is we've heard a lot about all the money that's in this mayor's race. Is that just kind of the natural increasing of money in politics, or is there something exceptional about this race and the impacts or the whatever it is with this race? I mean, it definitely follow, it follows the trends in Nebraska, right? You look at some of the high-profile races in the legislature and the amount of money that's spent um, even over the last, you know, three election cycles it's it is ramping up um it is hard to know how much of that is is like this is the nature of politics now or how much of it is as you mentioned this particular race and kind of the like i mean right now mayor gaylor baird is the highest ranking elected democrat in the state of nebraska right i mean you've got i think there's a couple of other mayors of of other towns that are probably registered dems i really don't don't know for certain who I mean, that even is. Um, there's like but, 14 total. I mean, in the whole. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you're talking about the highest ranking elected Democrat in the state. You know, you got city council members right. in Omaha. You got city council. Well, members I was in exaggerating, Lincoln. not 14. No, no, I, yeah, no, I'm not telling you but that. I mean, but in case I, but get I mean, I, I think, I think when you're talking from a Republican strategy in a red state, you having the capital city 
be, you know, represented by a Democrat is, I mean, an important thing, I think, for Republicans. The amount of money being spent, and I think you've seen it reported in the news, but I think Mayor, the Mayor Gaylor Baird maybe raised 400000 or a little over that for her last race. I mean, <laughs> Senator Geist is four or five times that in terms of contributions pre-primary, a couple of weeks before the primary even. I don't even know. Yeah. The final primary numbers are going to be wild. Well, and then you still have... So weeks of campaigning here yeah. um, before we get a general yeah, election. There's a lot of spending that's been held back, I think, especially by Gaylor Baird, too, uh, yeah, for after yeah. the primary. So there's the, the, that campaign, I think, is pro- you're probably going to see a lot more of that. How much do you read in or will you read into the, the primary results in that mayor's race and look at it as a harbinger of what's going to happen in a month? Oh, I think to I think the election I think. Two things that matter out of the primary in my mind are one overall turnout who co- who shows up to vote for the primary because I know I know we talk about the difference between a, a primary and a general but in a city election that's off cycle with nothing hardly anything I think I had voted for three things airport authority city council and mayor yeah. when you when you have a ballot that's mostly empty and it's in the spring uh, getting people to come to the bulls on a random Tuesday in April is pretty tough it ain't going to be different just because the generals in May so I think the primary turnout will signal you might have a little bit of a bump in turn in terms of people who know or come take the time in the general election but it is not going to be drastically larger so i think turnout matters and then the second thing i'd say um and you and i were discussing it off air uh before we came on but how the mayor does in terms of democrat versus republican votes will be a, a big signal too for that for that turnout number in the the general. I mean, um, as you mentioned, Mayor Gaylor Baird has not spent the type of money that Senator Geist has on her race um, for name ID. The billboards are everywhere. Those have been everywhere <laughs> for months. Um, how that comes out will set a tone in terms of what they do and how that what their strategy looks like between you know now and May. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. To your point about, you know, maybe not having you may have your ballot may simply depending on what city council district you live in. It may just be the mayor's race. One person's getting eliminated and the airport authority. One person's getting eliminated. And that's all that happens per your ballot. Yeah. In terms of the field changing from primary. But there are two districts where there are four city council candidates. So two will be eliminated in both of those. Yeah. And, live in those. and I mean, even to your to your top of the ticket or your, your top level race in the mayor's race, it's got three candidates and a two Republicans, one Democrat. There's not going to be a lot of shakeup, right, with multiple you know who's going to pick up the other guy's votes the other person's do we um, really need primaries in these city elections <laughs> do we do we really need a standalone city election I mean, jack geez. i mean the fact that this thing is hanging out in april may time, like it's, it's it is wild to me that this is the way we we elected i think i think i heard somebody say that you're what 30 or 35% turnout would be a heck of a a, a turnout in this that's like uh, I, I mean, ten percent. I know there will be. That's gonna, gonna I know there will be people eliminated, but it sounds like a very expensive spring, spring training game, basically. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, is, is what it feels like. I've always thought it was a strange way to do it. I mean, Omaha and Lincoln both do it this way, yeah. and it's uh, it makes for a weird setup. All right, uh, appreciate you coming in and uh, helping us figure some of this stuff out. We'll talk again soon. All right, thanks, Jack. There you go, Tim Maruza. Day twenty five. Take a break. Sports, and if you haven't heard those bunch madness results. Buckle up. Caleb's got him next on KLIN. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email. 
Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right. Welcome back. Glad to have you back with us on... This Monday morning, April 3rd, and uh, joining us at 8.35 today and every Monday is uh, Mike Schaefer of Husker 24-7. Morning, Mike. How are we doing? I'm doing well. How are we doing in studio? Everyone good? Good. Was this a, uh, with the, was this a work outside weekend? Was this a get crap done outside, or did you have too much other work-related or fun-related stuff to do? Uh, I didn't have a lot of uh, yard projects yet. I'm targeting not the, uh, the the first weekend after Easter. Like I basically decided I can't do anything that Saturday or Sunday. Gonna have to just set time aside to go to Home Depot, yep. buy a bunch of mulch. Realize yep. that I completely mismeasured how much I need. <laughs> go back to Home Depot. Look sweaty and gross. <laughs> like I'm already building all of that in for most of Saturday morning. Yeah, uh, that's good. I went through I went through mulch weekend this weekend. Um, so if you need if you need any tips, uh, I'm glad I'm glad to help it. But it always is. Do they just have like a bunch of signs that say mulch madness? Because it feels like that's something that they they should probably do. Like it should be a sale. Like as long as you know uh, the the tournament's going on, you should be getting your mulch at a reduced cost. Why am I not running things? <laughs> That's Please. true. That's true. The sales are happening. I know where the hot sales are, so uh, text me later and I'll tell you where they're at and I can make Perfect. sure you get the best mulch available. Just don't use don't use any of that r- bright red mulch. How is that stuff even on the market anymore? Why do people, it looks yeah, like the, What's the deal with that? It reminds me of like how sort of houses in the the 80s and early 90s that were built in the late 70s have that gross red. Like we had this that kind of red deck that just yes. looks awful. Yep. You know the kind of wood coloring I'm I talking know exactly about. what you're talking about, yeah. I'm glad that's largely being phased out, but you see it in some mulches, and you're like, who likes this? We had a they're fence up. like that. I don't know what the deal with that oh. color. It's basically the same, that same sort of bright maroon color uh, that yeah. was very, very common on, on wood. Um, all right, uh, let's 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 talk a little Husker football uh, with, uh, with spring practice and... I, I, I'm just continue to be curious your reaction, and you, we've heard from Matt. Seems like we've heard from Matt Rule a lot, which is a a good thing. But man, he's really put himself out there. It feels like he's putting all kinds of information out there as well. And, and again, I listened to him last week, Mike, and and my reaction to him him talking was, I don't know. There's just something about his level of excitement about 
the the team and the process and the idea it kind of matches the fan bases just continue uh, to to be curious about what your thoughts are as we hear from him more in front of the media more often yeah i mean i i think that for starters he's largely pretty transparent like he's not going to do um the thing where he's just really gun shy about saying anything to the media and i think that he also knows the team is very much a work in progress he wants to keep spirits high and you know, just kind of let people know that he's excited and that this is the start of something. But I think at the same time, it's also to kind of also let people know it could be a little bit before this goes. So I, I think that he just wants to try to keep excitement high, you know, all the way throughout. I, I think that he's also just genuinely happy to be back in college football. Even the small stuff, like I don't know how many coaches really care about the coaches' clinic. <laughs> they do every year. It's something that Nebraska has to do. It's just, you know, part of it, the gig. But he genuinely seemed moved and excited to be involved with something, you know, featuring Tom Osborne. And we know from his history in Texas, he really builds relationships with high school coaches. Even if it's guys that aren't necessarily going to be producing recruits year in and year out in the state of Nebraska, he just really likes to talk football. He likes to talk with coaches. He likes to talk coaching and people and emotions. I mean, I, so it all just kind of lines up, you know, in his alley. This is not someone who just draws plays up on the grease board and is only comfortable in that environment. And I think that's unusual for Nebraska fans to see. We really haven't had the public persona head coach a lot right. in the last, you know, decade plus. No, not really not, not much at all. Um, did you did you think we'd ever see the day when Frank Solich was coming back to Nebraska? You know, I, I assumed it would happen at some point. I find myself, and maybe I'm just like way out in right field, left field, whatever field here. I guess I'm I'm somewhat surprised by like the the fervor and excitement of this. I get it, you know, he, a long time successful Nebraska assistant coach, part of the dynasty in the '90s, former head coach, the last conference title, but. I, I just kind of feel like it's come a little bit over the top. Like, I, you know, I, this is great, but I've heard people talk about, like, he needs a statue and he needs to be honored more significantly than just at a halftime. And I don't know. I feel like it's getting a little over the top. Yeah. Uh, well, he would not. I mean, if they were putting up a statue, he would prevent that. I think he would be a human shield in front of that. He He's so... <laughs> Uh, he is so concerned about over, you know, self looking like he's self-aggrandizing or the moments that are self. Are you saying Frank Solich would show up at the construction site and like chain himself to the tree? Like, <laughs> yes. no, I think he would. I think he is that. <laughs> I mean, you hear the story about how how hard it was to actually get him to come, and they had to get Rule involved, and they had to have Trev basically say, "Frank, it's the fans wanted. It. It's not for you." And that's finally what. What got him to to say yes for this thing? Why are you laughing at that? <laughs> I, I this is a whole deal. Like I just I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm happy that this could have a, a happy ending. I guess, and we don't have to continue to assume. I wonder what they'll do. Put a curse on the program. I wonder what they'll do for the whole thing. Like I feel like it's got to be more than one of those between timeouts things when you honor somebody for Solich. But I don't know exactly what you do exactly. Um, who talks, how you introduce him, does he talk, does say, he say anything? Also, for old time's sake, will he say uh, they're moving around well on that end of things? 
That would be nice, I, I guess, for me. That would be a nice touch. I don't know how they how they meet the moment with the actual presentation of this thing. Yeah, it seems like something that, uh, you know, you guys could put together a series of prop bets that people could kind of figure out what they think is going to happen. Yeah. Would he, he throw the bones? Could be like plus 2,000. You know, something <laughs> like that. Hey, what's the deal with Heinrich Harburg? Like being in every video, being mentioned all the time. The presumed third string quarterback on this team feels like the most visible player in spring. Presumed foot- third? Isn't he like presumed fourth? Maybe fourth or fifth. I don't know. Why? What? To the best of your knowledge, what exactly is happening with Heinrich Harburg right now? He's having a moment. Yeah, I mean, my my guess, and this is just simply a guess, is that they want to. Uh, they want to kind of acknowledge he's someone that's, that's uh, doing well this spring. I mean, I I think everything they do over there is intentional. I think he had his conversation with the media very early on, and there was talk of changing positions. And I think that caught some people off guard over there. And since then, we've seen a lot of Heinrich Harburg playing quarterback. And so I think it's kind of to remove the idea that he's going to be playing anything else. And it could be sort of a – a little bit of a signal that they're excited about him, that this is a quarterback, a, a person that they have, you know, not necessarily discovered, but wasn't top of mind when he first arrived. And now you have the opportunity to see a guy like this practice and he gets a new outlook on life. I mean, I don't think it was great for him in the Mark Whipple era. And he gets the opportunity to kind of show that he is this athlete uh, that we know the staff covers. So I think there's a lot of narratives being folded into this thing. And I don't think it's by accident that we've seen a lot of Heinrich Harper. But again, unless the quarterback room significantly changes, I don't see him getting significant minutes at quarterback. Do you think they do figure out some kind of a position change for him? And would, what would that even be yeah. if they did that? I mean, we could be, we don't know the level of creativity that they're willing to bust out of this thing. It could be a thing where he has his own package. Like if he's that apple good and they can find different ways to use them, maybe. then maybe you have a, a just sort of a package that you roll out there in the red zone and he becomes, you know, part of a, a option package in the red zone where you can also throw out of, I mean, I'm just throwing ideas out there. We don't know what exactly they're going to do on offense, but it just seems to me they've identified him as somebody they're excited about what that means for the upcoming season right. remains to be debated. All right. That'll, that'll be fascinating. Uh, scale of 1 to 10, level of interest and excitement in tonight's NCAA National Championship game for the men. If, if FAU had made it, it had been like a 7. They didn't make it, and I, I'm intrigued. I'm still going to watch, but it just really feels like UConn's going to win this game by 15 points. Like That's just how they've been playing. That's just how it sort of... It, They've been kind of crushing everybody in front of them. And the San Diego State team, like, it it kind of just, the luck has to run out at some point, right? Like, I I have no idea how they won that game on Sunday I had, or Saturday. I didn't watch the Creighton game at all and was, you know, delighted to hear the result. But uh, <laughs> it doesn't sound like maybe they should have won that game either. So, yeah. uh, you know, maybe they're a team of destiny. But I, I'm just really worried this has the shades of UConn Butler written all over it again. 
uh, d- did you ever? Th- uh, my my next thing was going to be well, it's just gonna feels like it's gonna have a hard time living up to the women's final four and the n- women's national championship. That's not something uh, you know. Just given the trajectory and the coverage of those sports, that I thought I would be saying, but I think it's a legit discussion this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I think the women's game has exploded in popularity because they have dynamic personalities that people can attach to teams and and get excited about. I mean, one of the things that is lacking in men's basketball at a grand scale, and we have it here in Nebraska because you get a fix to certain players. And, you know, Nebraska's had a couple more guys of interest in the last year than they have uh, in maybe its recent run. But nationally on the sport, like, is there a player that you would have said this year you were excited to watch play? Yeah. I mean, I like I like Tiger Campbell from UCLA, but I wasn't going out of my way to watch every one of their games. That's a great point. But I would catch them if they were on TV or whatever. Um, but when you have players like Caitlin Clark, and, and I can't think of the, the girl from Louisville and the twins at Miami, and mm-hmm. they, they have notoriety both as players on the court, but then also off the court. Yeah, that, that in itself has kind of really built the game. And then for, for Caitlin Clark to make it to the championship, right. people sort of like – feel compelled to watch her because anything can kind of happen and often does. I, I think it's great for women's basketball. I really do. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and they had a great tournament. The, the ratings were immense. Yeah, you can't. You couldn't have. I mean, you could not have constructed that whole matchup and game in a lab much better. I guess the thing you could have done is made it a really close buzzer beater at the end. But having you know, notable young. Uh, in, like crazy talented young player that is somewhat polarizing between fans of hers and fans not of hers, and then flamboyant longtime coach that is controversial in her own right and polarizing in her own right, going up against each other, two completely different cultures of conferences and programs going up against each other. I mean, this was. Uh, I mean, this is scripted. Not, I'm not saying it's scripted, but scripted all for a whole lot better made-for-TV event than anything in in men's basketball right now. Just with all yeah, of those I, things. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's it's star power based, is what it is. Yeah. I mean, you, you have Kim Mulkey and you have um, Caitlin Clark, and there's obviously LSU has players too. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to pretend like I know their names, right. but I mean, it's just the draw of the personality is, is what's doing it for women's basketball right now. And that's great. Yeah. I think men's basketball is in a weird spot where it has to figure out how to cultivate that. Even knowing that the best players often leave right away or the way the portal just seems to negatively play into things, you know, people get upset about that. And I think it's going to be a hard thing for them to find that. I mean, we're a long way from Adam Moore. AJ. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, all right, hey, we are uh, we are out of time here, Mike. Good to talk to you about what's going on in uh, in Husker football, and uh, have a great week. And good good luck on the uh, mulching process. Let me know if you need anything. Yeah, uh, well, you know, I could probably use an extra set of hands, and so I'm sure you're never busy on the weekend. You know what you do, and you do you need that. I know what you do, and you need that. You call my son. So go ahead and do that. <laughs> I, I will actually. That'd be great. <laughs> good idea. Thanks, Mike. Have a good one. Make Schaefer, Husker 24-7. It's 854. We'll take a break. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Virologist Malcolm Byron. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right. My last chance to tell you to go vote at KLIN.com for Munch Madness brought to you by the University of Nebraska 
Federal Credit Union. Uh, yeah, this is it. Next time you hear my voice, the voting will be closed. Uh, the champion will be decided. We will announce it tomorrow at 8.10. 8.10. 10 is when the announcement is, so I'm going to get the word out on that. Uh, but yes, we will make the official announcement on the show at 8.10 tomorrow. So be listening in. Get your votes in, and thank you for participating in this and putting up with us talking about it. It's It's been a lot of fun uh, coming to an end starting tomorrow, and uh, we're going to be giving out the uh, the spoils here in the next few days to either Muchachos or Penelope's Lil Cafe. Also got Joe Jordan coming up tomorrow. John Baylor scheduled to join us as well, and uh, looking forward to spending our mornings with you this week. All right, 45 degrees as we wrap things up. Cloudy skies in the capital city. It is 9 o'clock on KLI and Lincoln. From the